is everybody? How you doing? If I haven't met you, kia ora. Welcome to Cornerstone Church Rolleston. If you're a guest here this morning, nice to see you. My name is Dre. My lovely wife Hannah and I, we lead Cornerstone Church along with a great team who are not here. The Sutherlands are away up north at the moment. I mean like, depending where you are in the country, they're in like North South Island. It's like kind of when people are like, oh, I'm up north. I'm like, you're going to need to be more direct when we're all down south. Is north like Rangiora or like Cape Prianga? So <laughs> they are, anyway, they are in Nelson, so be thinking of them. Um, and those at home and those watching later, nice to see you guys. Welcome. Okay, can everybody say new series for me? Great. There was no smart Alex that went new series for me because it's, yeah. There was? Who was it? Oh, it was my wife. Great. <laughs> oh, it was your wife. Okay. So we've got a new series kicking off, and um, over the next uh, few months until the end of the year, we've got a bunch of things happening in the life of the church. We've got a five-week series, which is kind of a topical series at the moment. We've got four guest speakers coming in. We've got two double-ups that are going to be happening between now and the end of the year. We've got a baptism service at the beach. We've got another six-week Eschat- uh, well, um, exegesis, walk through one of the books of the Bible, six chapters. That might be a clue if you want to be figuring out what, how many books are that are six chapters. Uh, there's not many. Um, and so we're, going to be, we're doing lots of stuff. But at the moment, we're going to start a new series, five weeks. And um, who was here at the start of the year when we started unpacking this idea of our vision statement? Building people, building communities. Who was here? Cool. So what we're going to do over the next five weeks, we thought we'd let the dust settle a little bit. And then what we would do is we would, um, in the middle of the year, about now, we would talk a little bit about these five things that makes up who we are. So our vision statement is Cornerstone Church, Rolleston, building people, building communities. And what we had called them is the cornerstone columns. And if you remember correctly, we had a big piece of wood down here. And um, I made these big things. That, no, I didn't do it at all. Lyndon did it. Every, I just said, Lyndon, make me this thing. And he was like, sure, whatever you say. So, uh, and we had these big poles. Anyone remember these? These columns that we put in. And we had the five columns. And then we put the thing on the top that said building people, building communities. And we really wanted to stick with that, that imagery of like columns. Um, but then what I've noticed over the last few months, people get a bit confused and they call them the pillars. And then that's a little bit close to the five pillars of Islam. And I'm like, let's just call them cornerstones. So from now on, our five values of cornerstone, I know it's a little bit tacky. It's a little bit easy to to do, but we're going to just call them cornerstones. I'm happy to do simple. So everybody say five cornerstones. Good work. So we're going to do a series on our five cornerstones, starting with the first one. Anyone remember what it is? Presence. So we're going to kick that off this morning, and it's my job to talk about the presence of God, which is really interesting. I don't know if you had ears listening this morning, but there was a lot of talking about God's presence. Um, That was a great word, Abby, wherever you are, and, and also Nikki. And so I want to talk a little bit about God's presence this morning. But before I get into that, I'm aware that, um, you know, if I ask the question, what's my job? What's the pastor's job here at Cornerstone or at any church? Is it to build the church? It isn't. That's Jesus' job. Jesus said, I'll build my church. My job 
is to feed the church. My job is to feed the sheep. If we can use that picture of sheep and a shepherd like Jesus did, my job is to bring the sheep, sometimes feed the sheep, sometimes say, hey, sheep, follow along. And I'm a sheep as well. I've got people that are my mentors and look after me partially as well. And so sometimes you say, hey, come with me. And other times what I've found is sheep who are nice and fat (laughs) with lots of wisdom. And maybe I shouldn't call you fat sheep. But people um, who know where to go sometimes lead others in a really positive way to other truth. So what I'm going to do this morning is it's not just my job to give you the answers. I'm going to ask you just to break into your little groups of people and answer some questions for me. Now, for those of you who are sitting here suddenly feeling nervous, you don't need to be nervous. If you're with someone you don't know, you can just be like, hey, do you want to do this? Or if they say no, you can just go on Pinterest on your phone. I don't mind. Whatever you want to do. But I encourage you to try and answer some questions, try and give some food to someone else, and maybe you might be fed by someone else. So is that okay? We're going to do something a little different. Everybody say different is okay? Cool. Okay. So um, I've got four questions. When I was thinking about this sermon this morning, and I was thinking about the presence of God, I was like, all right, I've got four questions that I'm going to ask and try and answer them. And then Each one of those questions, I've got a couple of questions for you guys. Is that cool? Right. So here are the first questions. (laughs) What is his presence when we talk about his presence? I think that's a good place to start. Why is the presence, why is his presence important to us? How to be in his presence? I don't want to just talk. I want to have some application. I want to help people connect in God's presence this morning. Number four, what does that look like as a church? So I want to just really quickly say, I'm not just talking about presence in some theological abstract way today. We're going to have presence as one of our cornerstones. We're going to talk a little bit about what it looks like for the church, what it looks like for us as individuals, what that means for us, and what that could mean for us in the future. Is that cool? Four questions. Right. Sweet. First question. What is his presence? Um, I don't think you can talk about this microphone and its impact in this room without first describing what a microphone is. So I don't feel like I can talk about the presence of God without at least talking about the nature of God first. So whether you are a Christian for up teen years, or whether this is a new faith thing, or if there's people in here that don't have any relationship with God, I want to kind of unpack this for you a little bit. So I'm going to talk about the nature of God just for a minute. Is that okay? Wow. All right. So you might have heard these three things before. Uh, These are the omnis. So we've got omnipotence. Now, what do you think that means? Omnipotence, the word potence meaning that God is in total control of himself and all creation. This means that God is all-powerful. When we talk about the nature of God and we're asking, what is his presence? We need to understand that God is all-powerful. Even if you're here this morning and you don't believe in God, if you could conceptually understand God, you'd go, well, God must be all-powerful. The second one, is omniscience, knowing all things, and the embodiment of truth. So he's all-powerful, knows all things. He knows the size of your socks, the hair, what you did on Wednesday the 11th, 1989, 
was anybody around Wednesday the 11th, 1989? No, this is just me. Okay. I was just here. My mum's here this morning. Everyone say, hi, Dre's mum. Sorry, mum, you probably wanted to fly under the radar. But she was there. (laughs) Third one, omnipresence which means that uh, since God is, uh, God's power and knowledge extends to all parts of his creation, God is everywhere. So he's got God is all-powerful, God is completely truth, he's all-knowing, and he's everywhere. So when we talk about the presence of God, we've got to understand that God is pretty big. God is all-powerful. God knows and understands all things. Here's a couple of scriptures for you. Psalms uh, 139 says, Where can I go from your spirit? Or where can I flee from your presence? God's presence is everywhere. Scripture says you can't flee from it. It is here. We're going to unpack that thought in a moment. Second one is Isaiah 48, 17, 18. Um, His presence... He teaches us, he leads us, he pays attention to us, and he asks us to follow his commandments. The thing about God's presence is it's guiding. It guides us. God's presence guides us. It's powerful, it's knowing, it's everywhere. It's with us, it's guiding. The last one there, John uh, 16. The spirit of truth is in us, it's with us, and it guides us. God's presence is is with us and in us. The theological term here is manifest presence. You know, if you um, were listening to this message at home and you didn't have a relationship with God and that's awesome that you're here and you're, you're totally welcome, I would say that even people that don't believe in God go, oh, so as Christians, you believe that your God is big and powerful and knows all. I can appreciate that that's what you would think. I would, if I were to follow a God, that's the one I would follow. Um, and also, as a cornerstone of this church, you'd go, yeah, I, that makes sense, even if I'm not a Christian, to go, yep, I would expect you to follow God, be led by God, and to believe that God is with you and on you and in you, okay? But God's presence is the Holy Spirit. And I want to unpack this for a second. If I said to Warren, Warren, I want your, uh, your presence is requested at my place next Thursday. What does that mean when he turns up? What does that mean? He turns up, right? It's not like some ghosty cloud of chalk turns up in Warren's form and his presence is here and it wobbles like this. Okay, when we're talking about God's presence, we're literally talking about God, right? Like that, think about that for a second. We're not just saying it's some ethereal kind of out there thing. We're saying when God's presence is here, we're saying God is here. Now, you might say, Dre, I don't know if this auditorium is big enough to fit the omnipotent, the omnipresent God. What are we going to do here? So, when we think about that, when you think about God's presence actually here, Would it be God the Father? Would it be God the Son? If His presence is here, it must be the Holy Spirit. So when when we ask the Holy Spirit, He's literally turning up in this space, in our mind, in our hearts, and in our thinking. That is what happens when we ask God here. Don't just think of God's presence as you go kind of, ah, there's a nice feeling. It's like, candle on my face or it's just this thing and I can it's like a nice aura in the room it's really lovely no 
If I invite you and I ask your presence, that means you come. So when we are talking about God's presence, we are talking about all-powerful, all-knowing, all-truth. That should change our prayer life. That should change the way we trust and think of God a little bit. Hmm. Peter said that the Holy Spirit, when we're talking about what it is, he said it's a gift. Acts 23 verse 8. So the Holy Spirit comes as a gift. So a group question, just for a second. You've got one minute. Here's the first question. And remember, be polite. Don't be weird. Say hello to the person next to you if you haven't met them. What does God's presence mean to you? Now, if you're here and you don't know God, that's fine. You can just say, I don't really know. You, Christian, go talk. And they will fill you in with their thoughts. You've got one minute. Say hello to the person next to you. Go. 60 seconds. What does God's presence mean to you? Find a group if you haven't got a group. Go say hello to a new person if they're sitting by themselves. All right. Hey, can I just say thank you? I know that often you'll be like, I don't come to church to talk to people, to to give you the answers, Pastor. You need to give me all the answers. Thank you very much. I just want to say thank you. Thank you for giving some stuff to some people next to you. Thank you for asking. And we're going to do that a couple of times more, okay? Hey, so the next question. So the first question was, what is the presence of God? It is God in the form of the Holy Spirit. It is present. He is with us. And that spirit, that power is all-powerful, all-knowing, and here to guide you, to be with you, and has been there since the beginning of time. So the second question, why is his presence important for us? Now, I'm going to answer this one, and then I'll give you guys a question in a moment. So in Matthew 27, 51 is where we see Jesus on the cross. And if you read Matthew 27, 51, when Jesus dies, what happens in the temple? There's this veil that splits and rips open. Now, if you know anything about how the temple kind of worked, that veil, that thick curtain was there to guard every Tom, Dick, and Harry from walking into the presence of God, right? And so when he died, that veil tore so that we could have relationship with God, a free access through Jesus, correct? And no longer did we have to send just a random priest once a year. That's how they did it. And he'd go in. And do you know what they'd do? Like, who wants this job that they tie a rope to your ankle so that if you die, they can drag you out? Like, who wants that job? Imagine that. Like, oh, yes, that's great. You've got a 50% chance of dying. Um, and because, like, they couldn't go in there to get him. So, like, they'd have to wait a whole year for the body to decompose until the next priest could go and get him. So they would tie a rope around, and then he'd go in. And if he was sinless, he didn't die, and he, they didn't have to drag him out with a rope. <clears throat> um, so that, th- there was this happening. And what's really interesting, in 70 AD, the Roman Empire destroyed Jerusalem, ripped down the temple. And do you know what they didn't find in the temple? They didn't find the Ark of the Covenant, which was a symbol of God's presence in us, with us. And there's a lot of research to suggest, and a lot of historians think it had been generations and generations since the Ark of the Covenant had actually been in the temple. So what that meant is the average Joe didn't know that. 
the guy, the, te- the, the, the priest, he would go in, do all of the rituals, he'd go into the temple, he'd do all the things he was meant to do, but there was no presence there, there was no power there. How many times in life do you think that for those of us that call ourselves believers or followers of Jesus, that we have gone into the temple, gone through the process, but the power's not there, the presence isn't there, then we die and get dragged out by a rope? No. <laughs> But I think, I, I read that bit and I thought, man, that's a, that's a picture for all of us. And so don't get caught into just turning up to church and being a religious person. Like, we believe that relationship over religion, right? We don't believe that it's just about doing, and we've all got stories, and we all know people that did all the things that they were meant to do, and they were just a horrible person, right? We all know those people, or have met one in the past, The Holy Spirit is about connection. Why is it important? It's about connecting with us. Here's a couple of truths about the Holy Spirit. God gave us the Holy Spirit, not a spirit of fear, and His presence makes us brave. When we have, why is the Holy Spirit important for us? Because He makes us brave, He gives us a confidence, and there's a couple other things I want to unpack as well. I don't know what you think of when you think of God's presence and why it's important to us. Some people feel like God's presence is a lamp. It's like my immediate circle, my immediate sphere as I move through it, it's lit up. It brings safety. God's presence might bring safety to you and a sense of light in the darkness. Maybe you agree with that. Maybe you feel like God's presence for you is like a uh, compass. It's kind of a more of a, where the, where the lamp was micro, the, the, the compass is macro. It leads me and guides me. Maybe for you, God's presence is a guiding force in your life. What about an anchor? Maybe for you, God's presence has been an anchor in your life. That no matter the circumstance, no matter the waves, no matter what happens, no matter how much the wind pushes you left or right, you are rock solid in your faith, and God's presence is like that anchor for you. Has anyone been there with an anchor? Maybe it's more like a key. That God's presence in your life is like going around and um, discerning situations. In the spiritual realm, just unlocking things or seeing things happen. Maybe, maybe God's presence has been like unlocking favor in your life. And you go, God, you know, in my whole life, guide me. I want your presence in me. Show me how to unlock areas that are closed off. Show me the locked off areas. I know there are people here with a gifting on their life to unlock hardened hearts on people you know like sometimes you meet someone and you're like tried for ages and then the other person comes along and i'm like oh they're your friend oh i tried so hard with that person and you're just like well that guy's just got that gift on his life or they don't like you that's the other option um, maybe God's presence is like substance, like bread in your life, that you, that you live off God's presence and that that is what sustains you. Maybe in a similar thought, maybe God's presence is like water, that that, that, that sustains you. But also the difference with water is it re- refines, it cleanses you, know, you from your sin. Maybe God's presence is something that you think of like water and it washes you clean. Maybe God's presence for you is like a sword. And you go through the rubbish and you're like, I've got a sword. You better watch out, Jack. Have you seen Kill Bill? I mean, I haven't. I've never. 
Um, so maybe it's like a sword. Maybe it's a weapon for you, God's presence. Maybe you've got all of these so far. That's awesome. And maybe there are more. Maybe God's presence is like a fortress for you. Unlike the anchor where you are in the middle of the circumstances, maybe God's presence is like a fortress. You run home and you just pulled your blanket up and you're like, you are my fortress, Lord. And no arrows, no, no depression, no um, work issues can get me here in your presence, God. This is your fortress. And maybe you've got lots more, but what I want you to do now is you've got one minute to talk amongst your group and see if any of these kind of work in your thinking, or if you've got any others, feel free to share. Which one of these, when you think about God's presence for you, or if you don't know the Lord, God's presence potentially, or what you think makes sense to you, you've got one minute. Say hello to the person, don't be weird, share, go. A lamp. A compass, an anchor, a key, bread, water, sword, or a fortress. Okay. I'm sure you might have come up with some others as well. But how, that's an interesting question. What is your perception of God's presence? Maybe, hopefully, you looked at that and go, actually, perhaps I could ask God's presence into my life like a sword. I am getting stabbed. I am getting arrowed in the foot from time to time. Perhaps looking at it in a more of a defensive manner might actually be helpful to me. So be thinking about that. Okay, third question for me to be asking and answering. This is easy. This is like a test where I do the question and I answer it for you. How to be in his presence. Well, the first thing would be uh, to talk about the baptism of the Holy Spirit. If his presence is manifest in the Holy, uh, on the Holy Spirit, then this verse in John 3 where Jesus says, very truly, I tell you, no one can enter the kingdom of God unless they are born by water baptism and the Spirit, um, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Jesus says they're pretty important. Now, we can overcomplicate the baptism of the Holy Spirit, but simply, if we believe that God's presence is guiding, God's presence is a light, a compass, all of those things... When we get baptized into the Holy Spirit, all that is, is asking the Holy Spirit to come and be your guide, be your compass, be those things, and let go of some of the reins of control. And that's what baptism of the Holy Spirit is. You get a person alongside, and you're like, let's pray for the Holy Spirit. Some people do awesome things like shake or other things, or if you're like me, you just go, oh, yep, cool. <laughs> and that's cool as well. That's okay. Because here's the thing I've learned um, over the years is that God talks to you in different ways. You are wired differently. You hear, you interpret things differently, and God will often talk to you through that way. So if you're a bit of a quiet introvert, it's unlikely God's going to get you suddenly singing something awesome when you get baptized in the Holy Spirit. Perhaps it's going to be something more internal. Okay, so there's the baptism of the Holy Spirit, which we talked about, you know, that once you've asked God, once you've asked the Holy Spirit to be present in your life and living with you, Emmanuel, God in us, people will often say, how do I get more presence? How do I get God's presence? Here's the thing. God's presence is already here. We just have to recognize it. Who was here when we had um, Josh Van Burkle here and he was talking about recognizing the voice of God? And it's the same here, recognizing the presence of God. And it's a difficult thing to do. How do we recognize the presence of God? But here's a couple of things um, 
that verse, where do I come, uh, sorry, where can I go from your spirit or where can I flee from your presence? God is always there. The other thing I want to talk about this morning really quickly, and I've been there, I've seen it on lots of other people. Hear me on this one. Don't ever confuse the absence of a storm in your life as evidence of the absence of God. You will always go through storms. You will always go through tough stuff. Don't ever assume that the absence of Sorry, the, the presence of a storm means the absence of God. That's not how this thing works. Like I said, ask a Christian that's been around a time or two. They'll be like, <laughs> no, they're storms. Sometimes they're even bigger because you have a faith in God. Um, there's a couple of verses, Matthew 14, 22, is when Jesus is up on the mount, uh, not on the mount, he's up praying and he's told his disciples to go across the lake and it's late at night and he's praying and he sees the storm come up. And what does he do? He goes down to them. So even though the storm's happening, Jesus comes, and what does he do? He even does a miracle. He walks on the water, and even more than that, he takes someone out of the boat, Peter, and asks him to walk on the water as well. God is with them in the storm. Sometimes you see him. He's literally standing on the water doing something miraculous, and you're like, there you are. That's awesome. Or maybe he's on the mountain praying for you, watching you. Well, one is not less than the other. God is God, all-powerful. Or the other one in Mark where, I think it's Mark 6, uh, Mark 4, 3, he, Jesus is in the belly of the boat and the storm's happening and his presence is right there. And what's interesting, they freak out the disciples and they're like, ah, just like that. <clears throat> and he comes out and he says, um, he rebuked the wind and he said, quiet, be still. Stop doing this. And he said to his disciples, why are you so afraid? Do you still, do you have no faith? Do you have no faith that I'm with you in the storm? The storm is going to happen, but Jesus is with us, in us, which is so encouraging. I think it's encouraging. <laughs> then why do we struggle? Because I don't know about you, I have, but I have been there and I've heard everybody say this. Sometimes I struggle to hear the voice of God, or I struggle to feel God's presence. Anyone brave enough to be in that camp with me? Cool. But the Bible says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. I will never leave you, nor forsake you. So when we're thinking about the presence of God, and we're not feeling His presence, and the Bible says, I will never leave you, nor forsake you. There's only one conclusion that we can reach, right? That there's a shift. And I have found this so helpful over the years. But I've also spoken to people who don't like this statement because it makes them feel something else. But here's the thing. If there is a disconnect between me and God, fundamentally understanding in my finite brain that I'm the one that's moved is actually really helpful to me. Do you know why? I can fix that. If God's moved away from me, there's not a lot I can do. And I don't think that's what he does. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. So when you are feeling disconnected, that's like, cool, okay, I can do something about that. How can I reconnect with you, God? Now, in the same breath, I've also heard people say, so you're blaming me then? 
It's my fault. And I go, yep. <laughs> We're the ones that move. God is the same yesterday, today, and tomorrow. So have freedom in that, that if you are feeling disconnected, that's cool. You can go back. You can always, and God will always welcome you back. Always. First time, thousandth time. He will always welcome you back. So I've always found that really encouraging. Um, I think we need to put ourselves in his presence. So if we're talking about how to work in the Holy Spirit, we have to put ourselves in the presence. And what I mean by that is I've got three little thoughts. Number one, it begins with attention. We've got to give God attention. You can't just turn up to the tabernacle once a year, (laughs) uh, the temple, you know, it's more than that. It's a personal relationship. But if you've not heard that before, if you've gone, well, religion is this. We go, yeah, yeah, it is. But this is relationship. And we believe in a relationship with the one true living God. Omniti- omniscient? I'm just making one up. I don't know what omniscient means. Um, omnipotent. Omni other one and the omni other one. Because you know what's going to happen. I'm going to try and say the other two and they're going to make up more words. And then you're going to be like, Pastor Dre's a heretic again. <laughs> okay. So it begins with attention. Number two, we have to cultivate it. Little steps. So how does it begin with attention? It's by little steps. Putting yourself in a place where you can feel God's presence or putting yourself in a place where you can read about God's presence or hear about God's presence or listen to a worship song about God's presence. Put yourself in a place. Put yourself in a place. Because too often it's like this. You're running around like this. Why do I always do that voice when I'm doing that guy? (laughs) Who talks like this? Horatio. Man, he needs to eat some more pies. Be a man. So we've got to put ourselves in his presence. We've got to take the time to connect with him. And then the third one is it's conversation. Basic, childlike conversation. Coming into his presence, just going, Dad, Father, God, I need you in my life. And here's the other one, number four, thanksgiving is the door. The Bible says that come into God's presence with thanksgiving and praise. So often when I come into God's presence and I'm like, oh God, I've had a really long day and the kids have been annoying and I've smashed my laptop and my car's broken and ah, it's really hard to connect with God. But when I come in and say, God, I thank you for what you've done in my life. I thank you for my marriage. I thank you for my kids. I thank you for my awesome church I get to be a part of. And I give him thanks. Give him thanks for the things he's done in my health, in my life, in my marriage, in my family. What that does is it kind of reorientates me. and go, yeah, that's right, you're God. <laughs> you're, om- you're omnipotent. You're all-powerful. You're all-knowing. You're everywhere. Question. you got one minute. We're getting... Stuck on time. So what might be a barrier in recognizing God's presence? There are a lot of barriers. I think you can come up with them. I don't think you need me to tell you what you think might be a barrier to hearing God's presence. You've got one minute. Go. Say hello to the person. Don't be weird. Say hi. Off you go. Okay. The last part for me to answer for you is what does that look like as a church? Remember, we're not just talking about theology. When we talk about the presence of God, we're talking about this as a core value of this church. What does that mean Cornerstone Church Rollison looks like? Well, I hope it looks like a church that's listening to God. I hope it looks like a leadership that's been listened, uh, listened, 
being listened to. That's not what I was trying to say. Uh, but that, has, that is listening to God and being led by God. It's a focus. Here's the thing. What is the main thing? Like if we don't have the presence of God, this is a club and I don't want to be in it. I'll be the first to leave. Presence of God is God. This is what church is about. I don't want to be here if the presence of God isn't here. Now, the presence of God doesn't necessarily, I should have said this earlier, mean Holy Spirit stuff that's happening and it's crazy. It can do, and amen and welcome to that. Um, if the Holy Spirit deems that right for a season or whatever that is, that's great. But it, I'm just talking about the truth, the representation of God here in us. So what is the main thing? Obviously, the main thing is to keep the main thing the main thing. <laughs> it's easy, right? Uh, for a church, we want to always keep the main thing the main thing, and that is God. That's God in everything we do. But here's the thing. We're not just, um, I, who was there for Shane Willard last week? Um, one of his sermons, he said, you know, people said, oh, it's cool that, um, you know, I'm here just for God, and it's me and God, and it's awesome. And you go, cool, but what about people? Because John 1 says this, sorry, 1 John 4, 8 says, but anyone who does not love God does not know God because God is love. So when we're talking about church, what does his presence look like? It looks like loving people. It has to. Otherwise, we're not doing, we're not, we haven't got God's presence here, which is love. It has to look like God's love. It is focused. It looks unstoppable. It's the main thing is the main thing. Um, here at Cornerstone, we're unashamedly Pentecostal. Now, a lot of people go, <gasps> Pentecostal, where's the chandelier? <clears throat> Who even has chandeliers any day? Does anyone here own a chandelier? Ah, look at you fancy fellas from Prebleton. <laughs> Pentecostalism is just a Protestant Christian movement that believes in a direct and personal relationship with God through the works of the Holy Spirit. That doesn't sound too scary, does it? It's just listening to God, being led by God, and um, the fivefold ministry, which is, you know, you can look that up. I haven't got time for that today. <laughs> so we want to be streamlined. Here's the thing about this presence thing as well. We've got other cornerstones, which you're going to hear over the next four weeks, and they kind of overlap because... If God's presence, if God is actually here, the Holy Spirit is here, guiding us, talking to us, speaking to us, lighting our lamp, guiding our way, being the key, being the anchor in our life, should you still be the same on the 1st of August, 2025? No. Otherwise, you're not using the key. You're not using the anchor. You're not using that. You're not using this. So the thing about God's presence here at Cornerstone is I want to see you growing. Look, we all know that this church has grown fast. People pastors all the time talk to me. Oh my gosh, tell me about your church and it's grown. Well, do you know what I answer now? I'm like, man, you should see people growing. It's so awesome in their lives and in their hearts. And man, it's so cool what happened in CLDP and this person. Now this person's prophesying. Yeah, yeah, tell me about your numbers. Yeah, and man, they love this. And it's really cool seeing people grow in this. And then their relationship got restored. Oh, well, what's your membership and attendance ratio? And then this person's marriage got, got better, got stronger together. I don't care about that stuff because we want to see people growing. Honestly, if the Holy Spirit's not here, if God's presence in this isn't here, then I don't want to do this. You don't want to be here either. <sighs> Someone's cooking onions in a class next door. It's my truth and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> uh, now my eyes are all blurry for some reason. 
Um, cool. Last question. What do you think us as Cornerstone, and if you're a guest here or a new person or you've just turned up or you're watching online, that's fine. Feel free to play along. Um, what do you think Cornerstone looks like if every single person believes and is walking in the promise of his presence in our lives in every single way, the anchor, the key, the water, the food, everything? You've got one minute. What does that look like? Dream. Talk about it. Explore. Maybe if this isn't your church, you could talk about your own life. What could my life look like? Can I have the worship team up, please? What does it mean for us to have a cornerstone of presence in Cornerstone? How many times have I said Cornerstone today? Holy moly, a lot. Do you know you know that you're a pastor of a church called Cornerstone when you type it into you you type in C into your um, text thing, and it just comes up Cornerstone. <laughs> it's like no other word that starts with C, just Cornerstone. Can you stand to your feet if you're comfortable? Focused on His presence, led by His presence. That's what it means. I just want to do today, look, I thought long and hard about how do I activate people in the presence of God. I hope that sermon was reasonably activating. If you would like to respond during the worship song, come on up. If you would like prayer for any of that stuff, the key, the anchor, whatever it is. If you would like to be baptized into the Holy Spirit, which is just surrendering your own control over to the uncreated creator that created all the universe, I think it's a good thing, um, feel free to come and we would love to walk that through. We won't be weird. We'll be nice. And feel free and we would love to come and do that. Or we can do that through the week or you can ask someone or anything like that. Father, I thank you for your presence. That it literally means you with us, in us. Thank you that we can come to you and have relationship through you God the Father, through the redemptive acts of Jesus on the cross, through the Holy Spirit on a day-to-day basis. We thank you for that. Reveal to us, speak to us about what we need to do in our lives. As a church, we want to be focused on your presence. God, help lead us. That's what we want, Jesus. In your mighty name. Amen. Worship team, we're going to sing a song. If you would like to be uh, baptized in the Holy Spirit. We would love to pray for you. We've got some people that will do that with you. And um, come now. Thank you.